As I was jumping into the first pitch of this episode, I think most people know that I'm a big, big Ted Lasso fan, and the show has only got a few episodes left. I'm incredibly bummed by it. Um, I hope that we come off just a quarter as positive and fun as that show does. But there was a quote in the most recent episode before this recording comes out, and Rebecca says that just because we own these teams doesn't mean they belong to us. And it struck me because I think part of our motivation on this show and what we try to talk about when it comes to minor league baseball in particular, but major league baseball as well and all the other sports is, yes, they are commodities for very rich people. They are a business. But for these communities, people like myself, they're part of us. We love, we live and die by these teams. And whether that's healthy or not, I don't know. I don't have the education to really break it down, but it is what it is. And so I just wish that more owners could take the approach that Rebecca did in the show by understanding that there's actually a responsibility to being an owner of a sports team in a community because so much of that community's happiness and so much of its well-being depends on the actions that you take while owning those teams. Again, the quote is, just because we own these teams doesn't mean they belong to us. Now, on to the show. Twitchy Dolphin Media presents Let's Get Two. It's baseball from sea to shining sea by the team that brings you home. And now your host, James Christopher. And welcome to another edition of Let's Get To. I'm your host, James Christopher, and in this episode, we're heading back to school. And no, not in the way Rodney Dangerfield did it back in that vastly underappreciated 80s movie. In fact, if you haven't seen it, stop this episode, watch the movie, then come back. Good teacher. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. Hope you dug it. Now, in this episode, we're going to be talking collegiate summer league baseball. In our live episode this week, we visited with the Seguin River Monsters. And in our live episode next week, we're going to have the Spearfish Sasquatch with us. These teams play in different parts of the country, in different leagues, but share two common purposes. One, they are providing a local nine to baseball-starved communities while giving college kids experience with wooden bats and new competition as they prepare for the next stage of their careers. Now, when Rob Manfred eliminated 40 minor league teams, collegiate summer leagues became much more important to the landscape of baseball. The promise made to towns losing their affiliated teams was simple. If you had baseball before and still wanted baseball, you would have baseball. Now, most of the communities were eager to still have the game be part of their lives, and for many of those, the choice was made to create a collegiate summer league team and as is the case of like the Vermont Lake Monsters, join an existing league. Now, some areas like the Appy League just formed a new league, kept the same teams they were playing, changed some brands, and off were running. Oh, back to school, back to school, to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Now, I think college summer ball is going to become more and more important on the baseball landscape. And with the MLB draft only getting shorter, more and more players need extra at-bats and innings to help pave their way to the show. Combine that with lower expenses it takes to run a college team because you can't actually pay the players, versus an independent league team where the team now pays all the players themselves, I think you're only going to see this form of baseball continue to grow. Now, there are a variety of experiences you can get at a summer league game. You want to go watch the very best talent? 
The Cape Cod League is where it's at, bar none. But you don't get the same kind of minor league baseball atmosphere there. The Northwoods League brings a great combination of excellent play, amazing atmosphere, and a ton of fun at every ball game. And you can get similar experiences at the New England Baseball League, the Appy League, the Independence League, the Prospect League, and so many more. We've covered several teams in the Northwoods Prospect and Independence League, as well as getting a chance to visit Cape Cod in 2022. Now, currently, there are over 50 college woodbat leagues around North America, so there is very likely a team near you. So get out to the ballpark for a great atmosphere, some affordable family fun, and see the greatest game ever invented played by kids who still frankly are playing like kids with a hunger to get further on their path on their way to the show. Now, speaking of show. On the St. Louis team, we have uh, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellas on the St. Louis team. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second. I don't know who's on third. You know the fellas' names? Yes. Well, then who's playing first? Yes. Who's on first? The Let's Get To Team of the Week. All right, we are excited to welcome to Let's Get To our focus on a brand new squad to hit the diamond this year, the Pineville Porcupines. We'll start that again. <laughs> and so we're super excited to welcome to the show a brand new team that's going to take the diamond this year, the Pineville Porcupines, which apparently is is easier to read than it is to say. We've got Eric Friends in here. Eric, how's it going? Great, great. I uh, really appreciate you having me on and I uh, just love talking baseball. Well, let's talk a little baseball. Let's talk a little bit about you. Um, how do you go from, I'm, a, I'm assuming a kid who enjoys the game of baseball to now you are the owner of a collegiate summer league team? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, wasn't in the game plan. I, uh, <laughs> last, uh, last spring when, uh, the previous summer collegiate team was in, was in Pineville, the, uh, Mecklenburg Muscadines, I volunteered. Um, I just, uh, I saw a need and I showed up and helped when I could. And, and when the, when the season was over, the, uh, the league approached me actually about, um, being a major part of the rebranded uh, Pineville Porcupines, and uh, obviously I was thrilled, and uh, and figured out how to make it work, and and it's been a it's been a great journey so far. Let's talk a little bit about um, just the process first of all. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of rebrands on this show. Probably most famously was the Amarillo Sod Poodles, which saw an immediate negative reaction followed by them becoming probably one of the best selling brands in minor league baseball. So fans are fickle. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the process of picking the porcupines and then therefore how has it gone over with the fans? Yeah. So we, we actually brought the community into it. So uh, Pineville is uh, 10,000 people roughly it's on, it's on the edge of Charlotte. Um, and so when we decided we, we wanted to do something different. We actually brought the, brought, uh, I think it was six options to the community and the community voted. Um, and it was overwhelmingly, uh, porcupines. Now the, the best part about it is porcupines don't exist in North Carolina. <laughs> so our, uh, our guys are the only porcupines, uh, in the state. Talk about putting you in a prickly situation. Um, nice. Let's talk a little bit about the league. Um, and I want to talk about your players and, and things like that and how people can get involved in the, in the need for corporate team-ups. But, you know, the Old North State League, um, what separates that from other collegiate summer leagues? It seems like that has become, ever since, I like to say, Manfred shot minor league baseball in the face with a shotgun, this seems to be the most 
increasing in popularity form of baseball. You know, I am I am so bullish on this league, and 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 really, it was the the, the league, uh, the Old North State League, and the management. Um, what they've done with their branding, their logos, um, and they've they've kind of uh, termed the coin the players' league. You know, every everything that's done is done for the college player. It's not done for the for the ownership groups, or it's not done for some big corporation. It's so the college player. And get their swings in, can get their get their innings in in the summer, uh, but still give them time to have a life, to enjoy some time off, to enjoy the beach, and to get back home for you know three four weeks before the the next season starts. Yeah, the history. I mean, first of all, the branding in the league, it, top to bottom, it's one of the best. Um, the history nerd in me is a big fan of the Marion Swamp Boxes, just because again, the history nerd in me. Well, we Wait. open up. That's where we open up. That's, uh, that's maybe something. I, yeah, you I should can't be there. myself. I keep adding more, more, more <laughs> trip, but I'm coming to see you guys eventually. But how do you make the pitch then? Um, and, and whose job is it to pitch yourself to players? And what do you sell? Because these kids get to go pretty much wherever they want to. If they're yeah. offered all kinds of spots, they get a choice. So what is the sales pitch? I, I tell you what, it, it's from a, it's from a, from a league down to a team level. And I think there's been a transition because initially the league owned all the teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But as local ownership groups have come in, it's become really a local sell um, and how we can help develop the player. I can tell you what we're doing in Pineville. You know, we have, we have relationships with um, uh, physical, which is a a physical therapy company. Um, We have relationships with the local on deck baseball. So, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out the details, but we're going to have it so our players can go go to the uh, indoor BP. Um, they can go to the indoor facility and throw and and lift weights and and be part of that facility when they're in Pineville. Um, so, yeah, so we're doing everything we can to give these guys an experience to, um, you know, be, become better ball players and in the process, better better men and human beings. Let's talk a little bit about that angle of it too. Um, you know, one of the things that I, that I saw rise out of this whole thing is that there's a lot of people who don't understand collegiate summer league baseball and therefore um, have issues with it. And part of it is these kids need to learn how to swing a, a real bat, right? Yeah. How much of it is imperative for you guys to treat players well, so that way their coaches will then recommend other players come play for you guys? No, I think it's important. Um, yeah, I was talking to our coach, Chris uh, Manrique, Manriquez, who uh, coaches at Carmel Christian. Um, and, you know, when I was growing up and playing, I swung swung wood in fall ball, um, you know, just a handful of times. That's all, we, that's all we used it. And so when I was talking to Chris about swinging, swinging wood all summer, um, what he said was, ah, these guys do it a lot more than they used to. So um, even the high school guys, they're growing up and they're and they're doing their summer leagues and and tournaments. There's wood bat tournaments. So um, just initially, there's a lot more um, experience with wood bats than there used to be. That being said, when you're facing a guy that's throwing ninety um, with a wood bat, it's, it's a it's a different story. So yeah, completely different story. Um, how is the recruiting going as far as getting players in? Are you guys getting excited about some of the, the lifeblood? And then their second question is, how do you go about, like, can you use players to market the experience when we get, when we get going? Like, can you say, come look at this kid, he went here or he's going there? Yeah, I think that's, we're, we're going to be able to do that. Um, in fact, we have, we have some kids coming back from last year um, mm-hmm. and they're bringing back uh, 
a buddy. So, you know, they, they talked about their experience last year in Pineville and they enjoyed it and, and they're, they're bringing someone back with them this year. Um, as far as, uh, our recruiting, I mean, it's once we hired, you know, hired our coach, it's gotten great. Um, you know, we want to have a local base. I mean, Charlotte's a baseball town. It's a baseball city. Um, but at the same time, we want, we want to bring kids in from outside, um, to, um, you know, show them the Carolinas. And so we have kids coming from, upstate new york down to down to florida tampa um and then we have guys coming from the midwest and then we'll fill the rest of the probably half the roster will be charlotte based but yeah we have a diversity and um we're bringing in a lot of kids uh that haven't been here before you know that are that can that can play ball that actually is perfectly my next question because having half the kids from charlotte you know it's a, a baseball team in this town is very symbiotic you need to have support going both ways how has the town been supportive to you guys how sponsorships going and then what are some of the ways the porcupines are going to be giving back to the community yeah so as far as the community um i i at this point can't walk into a coffee shop without even without having a conversation about Mm -hmm. our team or without running into people that are having a conversation about our team and that's that's pretty exciting um, as far as how we're get, giving back, we are actually partnering with uh, a number of nonprofits uh, during the summer mm-hmm. where different games will be dedicated to those nonprofits. And we're still working on um, exactly who we're going to be working with and, and, and the right sponsors with the right nonprofits. Uh, but it's something important to us that we, we want to give back. And, and not only that, I expect our team, you know, our guys will be in the community during the summer. Uh, they'll be supporting our sponsors um, with events and and different things. So it's uh, you know when you have a small town, ten thousand mm-hmm. people, you can really get ingrained with the community, and and that's a lot of fun. I and I love that. It's, it's a it's a, a beautiful thing for sure. Now before we play a little rap a little rapid fire, where can everybody find you guys on Twitter and on the web? Yeah, so we're PinevillePorcupines dot com, mm-hmm. and all our so- socials are at Pineville Porcupines. Um, and then obviously you can just search for us. We're the, we're the only ones out there. You're the only so, one, you're the only us. porcupine literally in, in baseball and in North Carolina. I love that. That's right. All right. Clear your head. I'm ready we're to do this thing. We're still in the off season. As we record this, uh, the episodes of rock will drop a little later, but we're still about three weeks away from MLB season. We're about, I think about a week away from world baseball classic stuff. What is your favorite part though, about the off season? Well, this uh, for for me this year, it's recruiting. It's something I haven't done in a long time. So um, maybe next year it's going to be a, a week at the beach, but this year it's recruiting. Okay. So I'm a big food guy. If I stood up, you would be able to tell from um, the arrangement of my belly. Uh, and when I go there, one of the things if I'm in a town for a long time, I like to I like to see what the pizza is like, and that becomes how I compare other towns. When you're visiting a city, what is your go-to food that helps define the place you're visiting? Yeah, I'm a I'm an Italian guy. I, I love to find a good Italian restaurant. Okay. Uh, all right. Next question: Godfather one or two? One. Okay. I have a I have I'm so torn on that because I'm also one, but I do think the Michael stuff of Godfather two is the best of all the stuff. You know what I mean? I just think yeah. sometimes the cutting back to Italy kind of wears me out a little bit. Um. All right. Dad hat, flex fitted, or fit or fitted? 
Man, I, I wish I wish I could be fitted, but I'm a dad hat. Okay. And <laughs> last but not least, you have it's a two question, a two answer question. Which of the new ish rules for Major League Baseball do you think needs to stay, and which one needs to go? Yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty bullish on the new rules. Um, okay. I, I love the fact that there's not going to be a shift. I think that has uh, ruined the game some. Um, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan about the larger bases. I thought that was going to be a little weird. Uh, but the more I've uh, heard about it and uh, have had discussions about it, if it improves uh, base runners being more aggressive and more stolen bases, I'm all, I'm all for it. All right, great. I mean, I'm I'm 100 with you. Um, well, Eric, first of all, thanks for jumping on. Welcome to Organized Baseball, and we cannot wait to watch the Pineville Porky Finds, even though from afar, we'll try to get out there next season. That's awesome. Thank you for having me on, and we're, we're excited to be around. Let's Get Two presents Lights, Camera, Play Ball, Inside Baseball Cinema. And welcome to another edition of Lights, Camera, Play Ball. Now, I'll admit to having more forgiving taste in movies than most of my filmmaking brethren. In fact, unless the script is bad, I can pretty much be in on anything. So it's probably not a huge surprise that while the geniuses, air quotes, have it at 8%, Summer Catch comes in at number 10 on my all-time movie list. And so I'm guessing half of you just stopped watching because you think the movie's bad. Well, let me explain it to you. Now, first of all, Rotten Tomatoes has a terrible, awful, flawed formula when they calculate the percentages. But that aside, I think Summer Catch is a great movie. Baseball's a feel-good sport. This is a feel-good flick. Now, Summer Catch follows Ryan Dunn, played by the always affable Freddie Prinze Jr. as he battles his upbringing his own temper, and the game of baseball as he tries one more time to get noticed by MLB scouts. Now, in the fit of some angsty rage that was so typical of the late 90s, early 2000s, he meets Tenley Parrish, a rich girl from the other side of the tracks. We get a real star-crossed lover energy here as the two of them try to make a relationship work, although with Jessica Biel, you shouldn't have to try. Now, populating the movie is a great cast from Jason Gedrick, Iron Eagle, to Matthew Lillard, Scream, Fred Ward, Tremors, and Brian Dennehy from Lots of Things, and Beverly D'Angelo doing her best Stifler's Mom impression. Now, while the story structure is hardly original, it's a feel-good baseball story, the conflict between rich and poor, and the overcoming of battles within, the setting itself is what makes this movie stand out. Setting it in Chatham in the Cape Cod League against the backdrop of some of the best amateur baseball is unique compared to any other baseball movie. It's also about a kid starting his career as opposed to movies about players that are in their twilight trying to hang on, Mr. Baseball and the like. Now, while there's some debate about how much baseball Freddie Prinze Jr. actually played in the movie, it begs the question, who cares? It's a movie. It looks good to me on screen, no matter how many body doubles there are. There is a joke here about Jessica Biel not needing a body double, but that's not that show. Although, Justin Timberlake, another reason to be super jealous of you. The fact is that Freddie and Fez and Billy Loomis's best friend all look like they can ball. Now, update, I hate to break any childhood fantasy, but Harrison Ford doesn't actually fly a Millennium Falcon. The production couldn't get insurance for him. If you haven't followed the news, Harrison's not the best pilot. 
Anyway, the movie is a fun, bright, if not a little racy introduction to the life of a summer wood bat player. You get an idea of how the players come from all over to live in this small little community. You get to learn about the concept of host parents, the importance of Cape Cod to that community. It's well worth your time to kick off your baseball season. And honestly, the movie had me when they talked about Biggio and Bagwell in the opening voiceover. Yes, I am simple. And that movie knows how to capture at least this baseball fan. Summer Catch definitely has a very late 90s, early 2000s vibe to it. Summer Catch is a feel-good movie about a feel-good game, so you will feel good when you're watching it. Raiders of the Lost Diamond. Digging into baseball's past. And welcome to another edition of Raiders of the Lost Diamond, our weekly look at baseball history. And speaking of some cool baseball history, who remembers this moment? In fact, let's take a look at it now. Here's Ventura, RBI single in the first. Watch out. Look at this. The answer of the cool factor is real cool. Now, onto our subject at hand. The Cape Cod League has a rich baseball history, and not just because it helped Biggio and Bagwell get their start taking their first steps to the Hall of Fame with your Houston Astros. But the idea of teams in the small communities of Cape Cod playing baseball against each other can be traced all the way back to the 1860s. Now, the official Cape Cod League formed in 1923, consisting of four teams, including Chatham and Hyannis. Now, for the first decade plus, the makeup of this league changed. Teams came and went, played each other, as well as played exhibition games against other clubs. In 1963, though, we saw the birth of the official Cape Cod League in its current configuration as a collegiate summer league. They were able to recruit players from all over the country to give players more repetition. In 1985, they recycled the aluminum bats for wood, becoming the first official collegiate wood bat league and therefore increasing its popularity. The season runs every summer, usually from about mid-June to August, and up until 2009, teams shared identities with Major League Baseball. But, surprise, surprise, Major League Baseball sucked the fun out of that league by threatening to sue these non-profit organizations. It's very on brand for for Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred had to have been involved somehow. Thus, original and frankly superior team names were now born. Teams like the Anglers, the Gatemen, and the Commodores. Harwich kept the Mariners because, honestly, they were born before those bums in Seattle. Now, big-time players have come through the league, not just Biggio and Bagwell. Players like Mo Vaughn, Frank Thomas before he was selling boner pills, Mark Teixeira, Chris Sale, destroyer of clubhouses, and Houston's own Jeff Blum. But also, Biggio and Bagwell. The Cape League is still running and really is a must-stop for any baseball fan. If you're out that way, do yourself a favor and look at one of the iconic places to see baseball in all of the sport. And now, on to close it out, the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James Christopher. 
So that does wrap up this episode of Let's Get To. First of all, I want to thank the porcupines for cuddling up to us and making this episode rock. Make sure you get out and see Summer Catch. We have some great episodes coming up for you soon. We're going to be live with the Spearfish Sasquatch. We're going to have our annual Memorial Day special. We're going to be talking Corpus Christi Blue Ghosts and why June 6th is so important to American history. Make sure you check those out. Guys, baseball is now at a full sprint. We have the majors. We have the affiliated minors, we have the independent minors, and collegiate summer league baseball. Get out to see a game. In fact, whenever you're out there seeing one game, you might as well see another one because when it comes to all levels of baseball, let's get to. Let's Get To is presented by Twitchy Dolphin Media. Creative directors, Jessica Bybee Jedgetts. Executive producers, James Christopher, Andy Tumcheson, and Scott McIntyre. Produced by Andrew Nelson and Eric Mertens. Associate Producers Timothy Jedgetts and Jess Canaster. All content created by Let's Get To is the sole property of Twitchy Dolphin Media. All content created by teams covered in the episode are the sole property of the trademark holders. 